Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number two of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Will. And today we are going to be talking about Gay Rom Lit 2015, which took place in San Diego this year. Um, For the uninitiated, um, Gay Rom Lit is the uh, uh, abbreviation for the Gay Romance Literature Retreat. Um, And it's this year 2015 was its fifth year um and like i said it took place in san diego this year at the uh bahia resort and uh <laughs> we're gonna do our very very best to <laughs> remember all the goings on and all the shenanigans that happened over the very long weekend um and uh let you know how it went so for the very first time uh the the retreat took place uh on one of the coasts. Um, so far, the the events have been held uh, generally uh, uh, kind of in the middle of the country uh, and, you know, kind yeah. of flyover states, yeah. as, as they say. Yeah. Um, you know, probably to make it easier for attendees to, to get to. But um, this year was held on the West Coast, and since we uh, live in California, we decided to uh, make a road trip of it. Um, we live at the very tippy top of, uh, the state here, here in, uh, lovely California. And despite the fact that we live about, ooh, I'd say maybe three blocks, three long blocks from an airport, um, we decided to drive because it would have been cheaper. Yeah. It was cheaper. It was totally cheaper. Even because... with gas and, you know, doing a two-day drive. Yeah, and the hotel in the middle. Yeah. Because um, basically, it costs as much to fly from Arcata to San Francisco, which is only 280 miles and only requires you being in the air for about an hour and 20 minutes. That is about a $600 per person flight because they know they have you a, a captive audience here. Yeah, they kind of do. So... We decided to do the road trip, um, which is fun. We we enjoy driving in the car. Yeah, um, we're we're good car buddies. We're good car buddies. <laughs> we had good audio. We listened to a lot of our uh, writing podcasts that we listened to. We listened to a lot of Author Strong, uh, which is a daily podcast, which is a really great one. Uh, we listened to some Joanna Penn episodes. We love us some Joanna. We love Joanna, and we even got a shout out. Um, one of the episodes we listened to coming back because we tweeted in the cars we were driving that we were listening to Joanna on the way to GRL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the episode, she releases every Sunday and she uh, made a mention of our tweet in that episode and thought that Gay Romlet sounded like a pretty fun thing to do, which uh, it totally is. And it is, <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. So, yeah. Um, it took us two days to drive to San Diego and um, we got there... Uh, when did we get there? We got, Tuesday? Tuesday night, like somewhere ish. between five and six. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, it was a good drive. We got there. Um, we immediately found uh, Wade Kelly, who's one of our most favorite people to hang out with, I think, at GRL and, and grabbed some dinner and just basically caught up with each other. She lives on the opposite coast. 
So most of our communication happens via Facebook. So it was great to uh, sit down and have a dinner before really everything kind of kicked up. Uh, Wednesday was, I guess you'd call it the unofficial start to the weekend because Wednesday was writer's workshop day. Um, we were in and out of the workshops, um, most of the morning. Um, some of it was, I guess, I'd say for more novice writers, um, with some of those topics. Uh, so we spent some of it just relaxing from our two day road trip and, and catching up with people along the way. And primarily in the morning, you were doing and I was working pitch on, meetings. I was working on, I was doing some pitch meetings um, in the morning, um, the fruits of which we'll talk about later. But I was, I was pleased to get some good feedback on, on some future projects. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's nice to be in the position to have some decisions to make about what to do with the future projects. Um, so that's kind of exciting. And I was also working with the uh, bookseller's room. Um, Typically, the bookseller room until this year has been the domain of the publishers. Um, Dream Spinner, Pride, Riptide um, have been consistent. Mm-hmm. Presence is there. MLR has been there in the past. Uh, Sam Haynes been there in the past. But this year, a group of authors banded together. There were, I think, ultimately, there were 18 of us who banded together, bought a couple tables. Uh, we are authors who either are indie published or who are with publishers who did not have a table in the room, and it gave us the opportunity to put our books on display for the attendees throughout the weekend rather than just having them on a table and available for the couple hours uh, for the book signings. I found it to be a great help. Um, I was pleased. I think I brought about 40 books um, in total, um, 10 of each of my paperback titles, uh, basically. Some of them I gave away um, to people um, who engaged me in some way and maybe feel like I need to give them a book. Uh, but I also sold a good number of the books that I had available on the table, which was great. Um, it was a good discoverability moment, uh, I feel, uh, to be able to have that on hand. And if I go, if I go to Kansas City next year, I'll definitely be on that table again. So before we get into the the main reminiscences about <laughs> what the event was about, uh, I want to make sure I explain what Gay Romlet is. Um, it's really the premier event for readers and writers of uh, gay romance. Um, there really isn't anything quite like it. There are events... Um, throughout the year, there's the Rainbow Book Fair in New York. There used to be, um, what was the New Orleans event? I'm blanking on it right now. Oh. (laughs) You can't remember either. Um, the the decadence, other decadence? No, no. No? The other, I don't know. They don't do that anymore, unfortunately. So really, uh, the biggest event, uh, for readers and writers of, of, of romance literature is Gay Romlet. Um, and like, and as I mentioned before, it's been going on the last five years, and it's a really, um, it's it's unique in that it's uh, um, just a, an amazing chance to talk and meet uh, your favorite writers and hear them speak about their work. You can talk to them one on one. You can, uh, you know, totally fangirl to someone about, you know, their book at the book signing or, you know, it's it's a really amazing event. And um, 
uh, kudos to the organizers who who pull have been pulling it off year after year. Um, uh, this year was no exception. It was it was really lovely. So, but I, I think even beyond the readers meeting the authors, the authors also get to meet the authors. Mm-hmm. Um, you can. It's you a know, great network. It's a really. It's a great networking chance. opportunity. Yeah. Uh, last year in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I had great conversations uh, with Z.A. Maxfield, Maxfield. I butcher her name every time, and I hate that. Uh, Claire London, uh, T.A. and Devon about... Because I was at a place where I was trying to figure out what was next for my career and what I might want to do kind of after the Hat Trick trilogy wrapped up. And talking to them was a really great opportunity to find out what they'd done in their careers, how they plotted their way forward, and... Yeah, you might be able to pull that off on Facebook or via email, but just to sit down and have a quiet moment and talk that kind of stuff out was a, a really valuable opportunity that wouldn't have happened if not for Gay Romlet. Okay. So with the road trip and the writer's workshop under our belts, let's uh, talk about well, what happened. We on... didn't really talk about this one writer's workshop thing oh, that I you found, def- yes, definitely that I found that. really great. Uh, Riptide Publishing's marketing director, uh, Amelia Vaughn, did a workshop on... Changing LGBTQ plus narratives, which was, I thought, really timely. She took the time to really step through the myriad of labels that now exist with LGBTQ. Uh, I think she had about, would you say, 12 or 15 different Mm -hmm. definitions to give. Because now it's not just LGBTQ. There's, There's questioning and asexual and... Other terms that involve queer. She had so many that just show how big the overall rainbow is now. Uh, and defined it for people who may not have heard of them. Uh, I heard some that I'd never heard before. And I felt pretty plugged in since I attend some of these uh, workshops that Forty to None put on. And, and some of the other organizations that I pay attention to. But it was really helpful. And she also dove, dove into like how the narratives have changed over time too, where you have to think that your characters, if you're writing contemporary now live in a world where gay marriage is legal and don't ask, don't tell has been repealed, mm-hmm. but tempered also with that. There are still more than a dozen States where you could still be fired for being gay um, and be discriminated in housing and such. So, you know, it's not, it's, if you're writing a coming out story, it can, it's, it has a slightly different narrative behind it now than it would have even five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really fascinating. She did a great job with that. I thought it was really great to see that in the mix of writers' workshop elements this year. Uh, and now we can move on from Wednesday and get into the meat of the stuff mm-hmm. uh, kind of moving forward. Uh, Thursday, uh, there were some great readings that we went to on Thursday. Uh, Arshad, and I'm, I'm going to butcher his last name too, which I feel bad about, uh, Ashundadin, who writes uh, science fiction, did a reading from one of his works, and I really enjoyed it. And I want to, we'll link it in the show notes for sure, uh, but it was a nice science fiction story that I engaged with on, during the reading, if only because it didn't feel like there was a lot of world building behind it. And sometimes I get bogged down in world building, depending on what the world is that's being yeah, built. Yeah, I'm not a fan of world building either. Uh, Shira Anthony, <laughs> who I'm a huge fan of, uh, and I wish she'd sung this year. I think people tried to get her to sing at various points during the year, but uh, she sang. She did a whole singing presentation last year because she's also a trained opera singer. 
Uh, and I may actually link to some of that video in the show notes from last year because I've got all the video on our Flickr account. She read a segment out of uh, Dreamspun Desire's book that she's got coming out. I think it's early next year, maybe late this year. I'll see if I can figure that out for the show notes too. Dreamspun Desires is a new imprint from Dreamspinner uh, that really th- harkens back to the old Harlequin novels, which I know you're excited about, having been a Harlequin fan. Indeed. <laughs> from, for a number of years. Uh, and Kim Fielding read from her book, uh, Astounding. Uh, which I, obviously we enjoyed the reading enough that we turned around and bought it. Uh, it was really funny, the astounding reading. It was uh, about uh, a guy who ran a magazine that was kind of going under, and it was funny, and it was kind of it was kind of sad at the same time because of the situation he was in. But it was a funny situ a funny scene that she read, and I'm looking forward to reading the whole book. Dine with an author was also on Thursday, uh, and that was kind of the most daunting element of Thursday for me because I went out to this table not knowing who the other author was going to be with, and luckily I was partnered with Morticia Knight, um, who I enjoy quite a lot. Uh, And we sat and we had other, just we had readers at the table with us. Uh, We gave out gift bags. Uh, There was some shenanigans going on on stage uh, with the likes of TJ Clune and Daniel Kane and some others that were hysterical. And if you find any of that video on Facebook, uh, do watch that. Because it's hysterical what happens when you get authors drunk and then partner them with uh, a luau setting. Need I say more? (laughs) Find the video. And if I could find some to link to on a public format, I will put it up for you on the show notes. And then we dropped into the juke joint later. Uh, We are not party people. Those of you who know us know that. Yeah. Uh, You put us in a room that's too loud or too crowded and we'll stay at the periphery most of the time (laughs) and probably duck out within a half an hour. I think we pretty much hit that on on juke joint night. Yeah, Um, kind of what we did. We looked at the go-go boys and went, okay, those are nice. And then we went down and went to bed. Yeah. Because we're also old (laughs) and we tend to go to bed early anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was Thursday. It was a good day, good first day. Yeah. Um, Friday uh, was more of the same. We had uh, some great things going on. Uh, primarily, we listened to um, our good friend Claire London. She uh, took part in one reading. She read from her story, uh, A Twist and Two Balls, which is, of course, hilarious. Um, so uh, you should definitely check her out. Um my my lovely husband did his very first his his uh he popped his <laughs> author reading cherry this year at at GRL uh you read from the first hat trick yeah yeah i had i've read before i read at rainbow con last year mm-hmm. um for a very teeny tiny audience uh read at rainbow book fair this year uh, a different scene, but this was my first time to get to read at GRL, uh, mm-hmm. and it was it was very exciting. Uh, read a little bit from the first chapter of Hat Trick to give people kind of a an introduction to Simon and Alex if they hadn't had it before. Uh, I was very pleased with how that went. I didn't screw it up too badly. Uh, we've got some video that we'll post up uh, to the YouTube channel and put in the show notes, uh, so people can check that out if they want to. Yeah, James Buchanan and Elsie Chase also. Uh, read in the same time slot with Jeff, uh, and I really enjoyed them. Yeah, we ended up and bulked up on some L.C. Chase books um, as yeah, a result. Yeah, we kind of did. Um, James writes, uh, she writes in the, uh, more in the BDSM 
category, which is a little outside of what we tend to read. But the the segment that she wrote, I quite enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really or the, the segment that she read rather was enjoyable. Uh, after the reading, uh, we went to a. How would you put that session? They called it a storyteller session. Mm-hmm. And it was a trio with Poppy Dennison, uh, Wade Kelly, and S.G. Day. S.G. Mm, wrong. S.J.D. Peterson. There you go. Uh, where they played the Wheel of Destiny. Uh, it, was a, it was a hoot of a game. They were teaching people kind of how they break down coming up with characters and plot devices to use as they were building a book. Uh, it started out really simply. We were naming characters. We named the we we named the lead character. We named his love interest. We gave them occupations. Set up where they met. Set up where they were going to have their first their first kiss. I think it was maybe set up what their conflict was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They set up nine different elements of plot, uh, but they were getting all the suggestions from the audience. So. They had this wheel, like Wheel of Fortune, essentially. And as people would call out, for example, first names, they'd take the first six or eight of them, write them on the wheel, spin the wheel, and that would decide what the character names was or what the occupations were. Uh, And now they've got their six or eight plot points, and apparently they're going to write this book. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's unknown uh, how they're going to do that between the trio of them or if they're all going to write their own particular spin on it. Uh, but if we hear how that kind of comes along, we'll, we'll update it on the podcast because uh, it was a really interesting kind of insight into the into the world of building your character and building your plot. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, Friday night was uh, essentially a free night. There were there was no uh, programming. Usually, there's like a party or something going on. Uh, Friday was really left open for all of the uh, conference attendees. Uh, so on Friday night, what Jeff and I did, uh, we went and saw a show. We went to the um, Old Globe Theater there in San Diego, and we saw a dance show um, that, as we're recording this on the 25th, I think they're on their last two performances. Yeah, uh, I think a, it closes this afternoon, uh, or yeah, tonight. Yeah, they're about to close. It was called In Your Arms. And essentially the premise was is that several several different playwrights, a group of like what, ten, I think it was ten. Ten, 10 different playwrights wrote short little vignettes, short little short stories. Uh, and then those stories were then interpreted through song and dance. And it was just we loved the entire thing. We I did. Mean, it, we we could sit here and just talk about each and every you know moment, but they were all you know wonderful. I really really enjoyed them. Yeah, it was great to see how they got away with interpreting these stories with very minimal dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Most of the segments had no dialogue. There was one that Carrie Fisher wrote where. <laughs> There was a lot of dialogue that came from the person who was actually playing Carrie Fisher writing the story, which was hysterical. Uh, but most of them happened with no dialogue and no lyrics, even, because most of the music was instrumental uh, through the performance. Uh, we'll link in the show notes to the to the review that'll be on our website. Uh, I will say that it was great to see Donna McKechnie for the first time on stage mm. um, throughout her career. I mean, she's best known as Cassie in A Chorus Line, and I never saw her in that role. Uh, I think we figured out this is the first time we've actually seen her on stage. 
even though she'd done some stuff in New York while we were there. Uh, most recently, uh, she was running standby for Cheetah Rivera in The Visit, but I don't think she ever went on no. in the short run of that show. Uh, also had Ryan Steele in it, who I have a small fanboy crush on from seeing, <laughs> from seeing him in Newsies. <laughs> um, and he really had a delightful piece with Jonathan Sharp, who we had not seen since either Rocky Horror or Dance of the Vampires, whichever one came last yeah. in that sequence. Yeah. Uh, that was one of my favorite pieces in the show because mm-hmm. it, it was really poignant. Uh, sadly, one of the cast members in this was uh, Henry Belyakov. Bal- Did I slaughter his last name? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who we've seen a number of times on Dancing with the Stars, Dancing in the Troop. And I think he was a pro one season for about five minutes with somebody mm-hmm. before they were eliminated. He's hot. Let's just call it what it is. But he was out. He was injured. So we didn't get to see him. But... It, Really solid show, and hopefully it goes on to a, a life beyond uh, just the San Diego run. Yeah, it's it's really exceptional. I'm super, super glad we got the chance to see it. Yeah, yeah. completely. Uh, so Saturday uh, was essentially the last full day of GRL. Mm-hmm. Uh, you started it off with some readings. Why, yes, I did. <laughs> While I believe Jeff was working in the bookseller's room, yeah. uh, I went and saw... Uh, part of a reading, uh, J.P. Bowie, um, Jeff Erno, and Ethan Day read uh, uh, a segment from the sequel to his story, uh, Snow Ho. Um, and of course, it being Ethan, it was absolutely hilarious. Um, so I really enjoyed that reading. Um, next, we went to a small um, uh, a small uh, a panel called Why Quirk is Our Kink. Uh, and the authors Tara Lane, Amy Lane, and Z.A. Maxfield um, basically uh, told us what what they enjoy most about writing uh, quirky, flawed characters. Uh, and Amy constantly going on about superheroes was a <laughs> complete hoot. Uh, cracked everyone up. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a good one. And after that, um, after a brief lunch break, was the big author signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the featured authors uh, piled into two rooms uh, and signed. I was in a great position between uh, Brandon Witt on my left and Wade Kelly on my right. Uh, it was pretty awesome there. Uh, really incredible signing for me because it's really the first time that I've had fans in attendance to a larger degree. I signed last year, but I think that was more of a discoverability time for me. The second hat trick book had just come out, uh, being in the, in, in the supporting author category, I was a little less visible than I was as a featured author. Uh, and it, certainly in the year, my audience has grown from GRL to GRL. Uh, a couple of really cool moments that happened. Um, Chris Gray, and if you're on the on the video feed, you'll actually see this. Otherwise, you just hear this metal clunking around. Uh, brought a lunchbox out um, from. I think she lives in the Chicago area because uh, this is a Chicago-based uh, ice hockey team called the Ice Hawks. They're actually in Rockford, Illinois. They're a farm team to the Chicago Blackhawks. But she brought me this lunchbox just to provide more inspiration for me to put it somewhere in the office and let it provide inspiration. Uh, for me, uh, as far as I could tell from my research, the the lunch boxes were given out in 2008 uh, at an Ice Hogs game, and it features the current Blackhawks goalie Corey Crawford on it. 
So that's pretty cool. It is it taking up residence in my office. Uh, also, uh, Carrie Jacks didn't give this to me. And again, if you're on the, the feed, you're seeing the picture that she gave me. If you're on the video, uh, she made a piece of fan art for flipping for him, which she gave me. She actually gave it to me while I was in the sale room one morning. Uh, I signed one for her and she gave me one and I had her sign it for me. Both of these things are just really incredible because I've never had people like bring me stuff before. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was really cool. And I was really honored and, and, and moved by it because it's, it's really awesome when somebody likes your work enough to either make the fan art or, you know, bring you something like a lunchbox. She brought a lunchbox across the country (laughs) for me to have, which was just kind of awesome. Uh, and the signing was a lot of fun. It was, it was fun interacting with people. Um, I signed a lot of books because uh, I also had a short story that was in the anthology that they gave away to everybody mm-hmm. at GRL. Uh, so I was signing that and signing my books and occasionally signing tote bags or the program. And in kind of a reverse function, I actually had people sign my GRL program. Uh, that was kind of Will's idea. So total kudos to him. But it was it was a nice way to kind of get everybody. And if you're on the if you're on the video, Will's holding that up now. I have three pages of people who got my signature. I now have theirs also, uh, which was fun. There was one author. Uh, I can't think of her name right off, and I apologize for that. But getting her autograph was actually the first time she signed with her pen name. And she actually wrote that. She signed her name and said, first pen name signature, which is <laughs> very cool. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um yeah, well, and while Jeff was busy uh, schmoozing, um, I took the the pile of books that I bought in the bookseller's room, and uh, I walked around and got um, got them all signed. Um, the thing about um, GRL is that the authors are so genuine and nice and approachable, and normally the the you know getting things signed or asking for autographs is uh totally not my thing i usually make jeff do it but <laughs> since he was busy i i was tasked with with getting our books signed because you know if you have a physical paperback and the author is there you know you might as well get the thing signed so that's what i did i you know hauled this big old pile of books around for for uh uh about an hour and I got um, got them all signed and everyone was so sweet and so kind and it was a really terrific I'm gonna start I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say lovely again it was a lovely <laughs> event it really really was everyone was so nice and it was so much fun he's not kidding about a stack of books either because shortly after we got home we went out and had to buy another bookcase yes yeah I had to come home and reorganize our bookcases for for our GRL hall. We, yeah. we, we've been on the cusp of a new bookcase for about a, a couple months, and it was finally time to just bite the bullet and do it. Yeah. Also Saturday, um, after the signing, and while we were having dinner, uh, Wade Kelly joined us. Uh, Wade and I are co-writing in 2016, which we're both uh, really excited about. And we'll probably talk more about on the podcast as we kind of find our way into how we're doing it. But we sat for pretty, uh, I'd say three hours-ish. Close to three hours. Two and a half, three hours um, at a table in the cafe working through what our plot was. Uh, I had given her, back during Rainbow Book Fair, the basics of an idea that I had developed during, we were watching some Hallmark movie. (laughs) No, it it was a Nicholas Sparks movie. He always tells these stories where, like, there's the present-day timeline and then it, there's all these flashbacks that kind of happen to, that tie all up together. 
Uh, I don't think we're telling a flashback-laden book, but we've got our plot, we've got our, our four main characters, well, our two main characters and our two support characters, and a rough plot line uh, down. And somewhere between her writing of Jock 3 and Jock 4 and my writing of a, of a hat trick side, side project and the beginning of Codename Winger, we're going to start to work in getting this book written. And I, I think we'll have some interesting podcast episodes uh, if we could pull her in to talk about what it's like to co-write because it's the first time for both of us to do that. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. She and I plotted and then we had this one sitting across from us either to roll his eyes and say, no, 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 don't do that. Or, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> we kind of kept us on task um, for creating appropriate plot points. <laughs> he's, he's good for that. He helps me with that all the time. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Saturday night was the costume party that we spent about 45 minutes at. Yeah, we um, did not decide to uh, uh, partake of the costume uh, part of the costume party. Yeah. Uh, we went in plain clothes. Uh, so we showed up at the beginning and, and watched the, the parade of fabulousness yeah. uh, go by. And so we so we stuck around for a little bit. But... Um, it, it it was a long busy day and 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 by the time the costume party rolled around we were pretty pretty wiped out we were pretty pooped yeah we almost didn't make it upstairs <laughs> yeah, for it even though it, it was, was in like, our oh, building okay i guess we'll go upstairs to the to the ballroom so uh so we got to see some some fabulous costumes yeah. uh and then we called it a night yeah the 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 two co- the three costumes i remember really well uh hands dressed as the queen Mm-hmm. was pretty spectacular his entrance he got an entrance too lynn's silent movie star was awesome she was lovely uh we did not see them in person but we've seen the pictures of ta and Devin as bogey and bacall which were quite quite awesome and leanne's mystique was stunning and ultra committed to the costume I think even a week later, she might still be washing some blue out of the hair, perhaps, <laughs> or some red. Uh, it was outstanding. Uh, we'll link in the show notes to our um, our Flickr pages, uh, where our GRL pictures will be. Uh, and, of course, if you've been to GRL, you can also find numerous things on the GRL part of Facebook and across many people's blogs uh, who were in attendance. And Sunday was the end. Yeah, the 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 conference usually ends with a Sunday brunch, uh, where you get to uh, have a have a, a quick meal before saying goodbye to everyone. Yeah. Um. So it was, it was nice to see everyone one last time before everyone started heading home. This year, um, in years past, we sort of extended our vacation. And and gone on to do other things after GRL. This year, uh, since we were in uh, Southern California, we decided to go to Disney for our anniversary. Um, in 97, when we had our commitment ceremony here in California, we went to Southern California for our honeymoon. So this, is our, this was our first time back to Disney since then. Yep. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We stayed at the Paradise Pier Resort, which was across the street from uh, California Adventure. Um, we got to experience California Adventure the f- for the very first time since it, you know, yeah. hadn't even opened when we were here the last time. Yeah, the only thing that was open was Soren, so which yeah. we did, and and now there's a whole park yeah. beyond just Soren. Pretty amazing. Uh, in fact, we were so close to the park, we could see 
the big Ferris wheel out of our room, out of our window. Mm-hmm. It was a totally great experience, uh, the whole Disney thing. And, and there'll be pictures up on our Flickr feed uh, for that as well. Yeah. Had a great meal. Enjoyed World of Color. Yes. Did Disney the next day. Mm-hmm. The Cars ride was awesome. Yes, awesome. Uh, the retooled Star Tours I loved. A lot of fun. I wished we had done that again since apparently every adventure is a little different uh, on that one. Blue Bayou we went back to because we had a, bit, a good meal there on our honeymoon the first time. Uh, all in all, it was good. We walked all over the place. According to my Fitbit, we <laughs> walked about 14 miles on those days. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. all fun Aladdin. That was kind of our last thing. We went to Aladdin the Musical Spectacular mm-hmm. uh, at, a, at one of the theaters in California Adventure. Good show. They, they, the, the magic carpet was fun, and I'm glad we saw it before they, they switched it out. They're apparently changing it to a Frozen show uh, sometime next year. Yes. Yeah. Anything else to talk about GRL related? Whew. I, I know, think, right? I think that's it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's all I can remember. I, we didn't, unfortunately, we did not take a lot of pictures this year. But uh, I think, so there's no photographic proof of what we did. <laughs> there's some, but not much. Just just our, our faulty memories of the the, uh, the wild and crazy times. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's pretty much everything that, that we did this year. I think so. Um, next year's event is going to be held in Kansas City. Um, we aren't 100% sure if we're going to attend. I, we might. We might. It's in the maybe, sitting in the maybe category, and uh, we'll we'll see what our travel plans are for 2016. So, um, yeah, if you're a reader or writer of gay romance and want to attend the biggest event in the U.S., um, uh, look into heading to Kansas City next year. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll link up to the Gay Romlet website uh, in the show notes. Uh, although they won't have too much on it about next year until probably February, March next mm-hmm. year. Because usually they usually start registration in uh, sometime in March or April for the authors and then a little later for the readers. Um, so that's it. Thanks for listening to Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. Uh, you can find out more about the podcast at BigGayFictionPodcast.com, where you can find show notes for this and any of the other episodes. We will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. For detailed show notes, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. <laughs>